KCSF News, March 6, 2019. Hi, I'm Nicholas Harder, and this week on KCSF News, we sit down with a reporter from The Guardsman, Claudia Dirtle. She just finished up a story about staff cuts that are happening ahead of the vote to continue Free City this November. It's a big story which touches on a lot of topics, which Claudia is going to break down for us, including a recap of the accreditation crisis and an insight into the tug of war happening right now between CCSF administration and the teachers union over what Claudia calls the privatization of public education. If we attack this issue head on, in the future there will be less issues for students with everything at the school. You can find the original article this conversation is based on at theguardsman.com, or you can pick up one of their hard copies around campus. It's out today. My name is Claudia Dirtle, and I'm a reporter for The Guardsman, which is the City College newspaper. <clears throat> okay, I'm going to scoot a little closer. Okay. And... So my story is about the um, continual downsizing of City College's full-time staff and the basically stagnant amount of part-time uh, staff that are at the school. We need to demand more transparency from our uh, board of trustees and our administration. I personally would like to know where the money is going now that we can't afford full-time teachers or to employ students or things like that. Like, where is that money coming from? Where is it going? Why are we increasing positions of administrators? Why are their salaries reaching like $300,000 a year? I just want students to start questioning the school board's decisions a little more than they already are and the chancellor's decisions a little bit more. So the flow of money isn't public information? It is, but it is so difficult to find. I had a really hard time just tracking things down, even through the school website. A lot of the links I would click on would not have anything listed under them. And I was told quite a few times that I would actually have to go through the process of like requesting information. And that is a really intensive process. And usually those records are not available until, you know, a year after all of the cuts have taken place. So we don't exactly know why unless the chancellor is telling us. So in a board meeting, if the chancellor says, hey, we're cutting this number of jobs, mm -hmm. he's not actually able to show you where that money went or... What he's been showing at the board meetings is essentially what his budget team has decided to cut. They're not really consulting any of the faculty in any departments. So they're saying essentially, this is the amount of money we have for your department. I, they are not saying where it's coming from. And how are you going to meet that budget? And a lot of the time it's, well, we have to cut this class and this class, or we have to downsize on the amount of professors. So basically they're setting limits and not really you know, giving reasons for those limits. And it sounds like it's the administration telling faculty, these are the requirements you have to meet, these are your restrictions, instead of the faculty saying, this is what we need from you, this is what we need you to provide. To, yeah, yeah, that's exactly jobs. what I've heard from the union, which is AFT 2121, which is the uh, teachers union. So if you have like outside organizations to create budgets for departments and the departments have no say in it, it's, it's impossible to like, realistically implement. I want to ask the question, how did we get here? Mm -hmm. But I want to ask that by starting at the beginning, 
which I think for this story is probably the accreditation crisis. Yeah. Can you explain briefly what that was? Okay, so in the summer of 2012, the ACCJC, which is the big California Community College Council, basically said that City College was not meeting their standards for accreditation and that they had to make a bunch of changes. So essentially, the school almost lost their accreditation, which means they couldn't run the school anymore. And between summer of 2012 and fall of 2014, the school lost a lot of faculty between those few years because they were thinking that, oh, I'm not going to have a job anymore. I better find a job somewhere else. And it had a lot to do with mismanagement of money. Uh, During that time, the state also took over the school. Like they added in board of trustees members and they added in administrators and things like that. And some of those administrators are still actually there today. So the school goes through this accreditation, this Mm -hmm. financial crisis. As a result, the administration and the top dogs kind of get swapped out, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And then a lot of faculty got cut. I don't know if they got cut or if they were just leaving because they thought maybe next year I won't actually have a job. And we lost a lot of students, right, too? We did. We lost a lot of students. So from 2011 until fall of 2017, we've lost 30% of our students Mm -hmm. and 30% of our faculty as well. And that means there's more than just the faculty that we're losing, right? Mm -hmm. We lose actual classes and sections of departments. Yes, yes. I'm going to interrupt the interview briefly here. I want to play a few clips of Jenny Worley speaking to the City College Board of Trustees. Jenny is a prominent member of the Teachers Union, AFT 2121, and a professor here at City College. She's speaking to the board about the impact their planned cuts for fall semester will have. These cuts are an escalation of the downsizing Claudia and I were just discussing. Jenny says departments will face drastic cuts to their budgets um, to the tune of 30% in Asian American studies, 50% in LGBT studies, um, 20% in CNIT. She says that faculty are, quote, extremely concerned about these cuts. I want you to hear her voice because it illuminates a philosophical difference between how the administration and how faculty believe the school's budget woes should be handled. When she and other faculty raised their concerns with the administration, we've heard back that reductions in in the faculty allocated to a given department don't necessarily mean reductions in student opportunity. And I really want to question that. Jenny reminds the board that the students at City College are part of their constituency who voted them into their position. And she calls into question why administrators are being paid monthly stipends on top of their $100,000 plus yearly salaries. Well, we recognize these budget constraints. We also see this budget as a matter of values for this college. And are we going to value a top-heavy administration? Are we going to value contractors, outside contractors? Or are we going to value our students and our classes and our faculty? Here's Claudia's take on the budget cuts. A lot of this follows a pattern nationwide, especially the cutting of social science programs, of privatization of education. Privatizing community colleges? Um, I'm not not sure what that means. Oh, okay. So basically, privatizing education in general is essentially treating education as a business instead of what it actually is, a human-to-human connection. You know, factually, if you, like, look at data... You can kind of get a picture of what goes on in a classroom, but you really need 
the information and input from teachers for what they need. You can't have 50 kids in a class and have the professor be helping each one of them every single class. Um, And the privatization of education essentially just looks at the data behind it. Like you should be able to teach this many kids with this amount of time, not what someone is actually capable of doing. I think if we keep downsizing, you know, the social sciences department, we're going to lose that well-rounded sense of education that you get with like a liberal arts college. It seems like we're headed for like a technical school. Yeah. So another thing I read in your article, you mentioned five administrators were added to the staff, right? Yes. And was this in 2012 to 2014? So this was actually from 2012 to fall of 2017, five administrator positions were added. And during that time, as you said, we lost. During that time, we lost 30 percent of our faculty. And then we're adding administrator positions. I spoke with Donna Hayes, who is an academic counselor, and she was saying that that's this trend across all community colleges. They're decreasing the faculty positions, which make, you know, below like $100,000 a year. And they're increasing these administrator positions. The administrator salaries range in between the lowest level is $100,000 and the highest level is like $300,000 a year. Um, But they also receive stipends, uh, $1,000 a month as well. So that's on top of their salary. I'm assuming faculty does not get stipends. No, faculty does not receive stipends at all. I don't know what that stipend was for, if it was for traveling or what. But that's what I'm saying. Like, the transparency is just not there. I would like to see, like, actual documents saying, this is why we allocated this money to this person. That would be really helpful. So we have about around 1,500 maybe faculty, maybe a little bit less than that, Mm -hmm. and less than 50 administrators? Yes. So we do have very few administrators, but we have a lot more administrators compared to um, basically every other community college in Mm -hmm. California. I think that's one thing that threw me off because I'm looking at how many faculty there are and then how many administrators. Mm -hmm. And it is weird that we gained administrators while we lost faculty. But then also five seems like kind of an innocuous number, especially when there's there's that Yeah. 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 But the thing is, I mean, administrators... Okay, coming from the perspective of someone who was like a former TA, I used to be a TA in a Los Angeles school. When you're a teacher, there is a lot more work that goes into that than when you are an administrator. You know, you have to write your lesson plans. You have to meet all of these standards. There's a lot of preparation. And this kind of goes into the conversation of like teachers deserve more money. I personally don't think we need 50 administrators. Um, I guess I'm speaking from an outside place. But... If you're decreasing faculty and students, why would you need more people administering them? And you seem pretty confident about that opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm curious how you arrived there. I mean, you mentioned you were a TA down south. So you've seen intimately the kind of work professors have done. I don't really know at all what administrators do. And I think that's part of what makes this so hard to understand, right? So you're going to cut these professors. Mm -hmm. You're going to add administrators. Mm -hmm. What is it that you do? I have no doubt that they're doing important things, but but what is it? I don't know what the administrators do. You know, there's there's (laughs) nothing listed online. Hey, it's Nick. I'm going to cut in real quick here. I was looking at some tape from a January 24th board meeting, and I actually found a clip of the chancellor of City College himself defining what it is that he and his fellow administrators do. 
This was during a regular meeting of the City College of San Francisco Board of Trustees, the same meeting in which Chancellor Rocha presented all this data and announced his administration's intention to cut classes with low attendance next fall. These are the same cuts that Claudia has reported on in her article. If you took that $170,000 by cutting all those classes and put it into hybrid online sections, one section of 45 students produces 4.5 FTS. Do the math, times 22 sections equals 99 FTS equals 506,000. We're going to spend a little time at this meeting, not to break down all the numbers, don't worry about that, but because this whole story is in large part a response to Chancellor Roach's idea of what an administrator does and his general philosophy as the relatively new leader of City College. The meetings in a room like any classroom, the chancellor standing at a podium behind the members of the board of trustees who are looking out towards the audience. This was the much-anticipated Chancellor's Report, which summed up the Accreditation Commission's financial reports of the college since 1988. The Accreditation Commission, or ACCJC, is responsible for assessing community colleges in California. In 1994, 25 years ago, the college was put on financial monitoring. If we go below the reserve, we're going to be on monitoring again. We've been told for 30 years you're broke. Before he gets to this dire part of his report, actually right at the beginning, the chancellor starts by narrating some of his own backstory as a way of explaining what it is that administrators do. Administrator, we talk administrators, classified staff, don't realize we're human beings. He tells us about how he first became an administrator at Cal State Northridge down in Southern California and how they called him up into the job after the 1994 Northridge earthquake struck. Imagine every single square foot of the college went out. Couldn't go into a single building. At the time, I was a newly tenured English professor, and my dean came in, and we were just literally standing in a field. He said, Carlos left. You are now an interim associate dean. And that was the day I started as administrator. Using the projector, the chancellor shows the board of trustees and the crowd some tragic pictures from the Northridge campus, including a dramatic photo of a crumpled parking lot. He goes on to tell about how he helped move all the spring semester classes into portable buildings they installed on the school's football field and haphazardly painted room numbers on. He recalls how he and other professors had to literally hoist their students into the doors of these bungalows because they couldn't build ramps in time. This emotional story was the chancellor's roundabout way of explaining what it is he believes administrators do. And what I learned is that what an administrator does, all 60 of us, most of you are in this room right now, right, what we do is we help to make a space for teachers and students to come together and learn. It was an eloquently told story that revealed much about the chancellor and his intentions here at the City College of San Francisco. I'm the guy who was hoisting people in a muddy field onto bungalows in order for teaching and learning to go on. That's what I'm going to do here. He's pretty adamant about ending our, quote, inability to balance a checkbook, an issue which has been persisting for decades, as he goes on to outline in his report. I think in plain English, we're broke. And we're, we're running, not running, we ran out of time. His solution to our $11 million shortfall is, in large part, to cut low attendance classes. And this is where my friend Jenny and I talk about class cancellations. Here he mentions Jenny Worley, the AFT 2121 member you heard from earlier. 
she obviously takes issue with the chancellor's cuts. He wants to end classes with less than 20 students enrolled, but she and many others see the value in those classes and in having small class sizes. Here's the chancellor talking about his plans. Jenny and, and many of the faculty come, well, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you cut those sections? And the mathematics actually show that while from a, a feeling kind of, you know, thing, that's intuitively correct, mathematically, it's incorrect. Remember that this is the guy who hoisted students into muddy bungalows after a major earthquake leveled the campus. Before he came on as chancellor of CCSF in 2017, his last job was helping out with the recovery effort from Hurricane Sandy. He sees CCSF's long-standing financial woes as a disaster, one that he's been called in to fix. And he doesn't see any other way to fix that $11 million shortfall except by making serious cuts. Why are you offering three or four sections of the same course that only have two or three students in it? Unless we balance our checkbook this time, we will have a yet another existential crisis. All right, now back to my interview with Claudia. It looks like the administration is kind of looking at numbers rather than using different ways to like measure what professors need or what students need. Mm -hmm. So when you say it like that, saying there's not enough communication between faculty mm -hmm. and administrators, mm -hmm. and administrators are telling departments, hey, you get this amount of money yeah. and you have to work with that, yeah. it almost kind of makes it seem like an us versus them situation. Mm -hmm. um, is that how it is? Do professors feel like it's us versus them? Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a gray area with that, especially like speaking with AFT 2121. It seems like there is not a lot of response from uh, the administration. So professors are having to like go out of their way to demand things from administration and fight back. So I think it is kind of turning into an us versus them situation. And I think a big component of that is the hiring of the new chancellor, Mark Rocha. He had worked at two community colleges in the California region beforehand, and I know the last one he worked at, there was a vote of no confidence in him, and that's why he had to leave that position. And I know when the board was deciding to appoint him as chancellor, a lot of the teachers did not want him as chancellor. They did not believe that he was going to do anything other than privatize education. And Mark Rocha, I don't know a lot about his history. That's actually something the Guardsman is going to be reporting on. But it seemed like from what I read about the last community college he was at, a lot of the professors did not want him there because he was treating their school like a business instead of what it actually is a school. Yeah. I would want to know how someone like Chancellor Rocha would justify this sort of data-driven approach because yeah. they must have their reasons. Oh, right? of course they do. He, he has large segments in the Board of Trustees meeting where he goes over data. Equals 506000 revenue, and you spent $170,000 to get that revenue. You know, they use outside consulting groups for financial reasons. And it seems like his justification is that there is no money to do anything other than this. We need to be paying attention solely to the data because if we don't, there won't be any funding for the school and we're going to like revert back into that accreditation crisis. Mm -hmm. Like we don't have time to think about that because we need to be more concerned with the financial situation. Do you think that answer is has some legitimacy to it? Oh, absolutely. It definitely has some legitimacy. But we also live in San Francisco. San Francisco residents are the ones who voted the Free City program into existence. 
we know that people who live here want students to go to college for free. And we pay for that with our yes, taxes. Yes, we pay for that with our taxes, exactly. And it just, it is important to look at finances and stuff, but I really feel like if our board of trustees and the chancellor were to go talk to, you know, like the board of supervisors or, you know, go up the chain, talk to London Breed, I feel like there could be something worked out that would give us more funding. I feel like voters would go for that. And it seems like right now they're not willing to, you know, go up that chain and talk to people in higher positions. Um, So instead of looking for ways to cut through this data-driven approach, why not look for places where we can get more funds? Yeah, you know, there's like a lot of resources. In a major city like this, there are a lot of resources. You have, you know, Kamala Harris, who's now running for president. Something that she could do would be to focus on community colleges here to, you know, get more votes, something like that. Those ideas just like need to be proposed and I don't think they're being proposed. So, 2012 to 2014, we lost all these students. We lost all this faculty. Years go by. Between 2014 to now, Mm -hmm. we have continued to slowly use faculty, right? Yes. Gained five administrators Mm -hmm. for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. Mm -hmm. Is this coming to a head now? Are there certain forces which are making this issue more pertinent now? Well, from watching the board meetings, the teachers union is saying we can't deal with these cuts. This is wrong. This is negatively affecting our students. And the chancellor for a while was saying, we're not cutting anything, kind of like you're acting paranoid. We're not doing that yet. And now they're finally saying, okay, in fall of 2019, around 400 faculty members are leaving. So basically, our budget is now going to change. And The school offered annuities to professors who wanted to retire this year. So basically they gave them, you know, a lump sum of money. It's kind of a way to cut staff without having to fire people? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it is. I mean, cutting tenured staff, the highest paid professors at the school. And those people also seem to be the ones that are the most active in the teachers unions as well. And also, as we get closer to that November 2019 vote on keeping Free City College afloat, I think it's going to get more and more intense. Is that kind of forcing the issue right now? Honestly, it feels like it's almost on the back burner. Um, I know the teachers union is more concerned about the class cuts right now, but I do think maybe some of what the administration is doing might have to do with keeping... uh, what free am I city? To say? Yeah, yeah, like encouraging San Francisco residents to still vote for free city. Yeah, like if if we approach voters and ask them this fall to, hey, vote for city college, it's going to cost you an extra millions upon millions of dollars. That might not be as appealing as approaching voters saying, hey, vote for free city college. We're going to save money. It's going to cost you yeah. less than it did before. Yes, exactly, exactly. What we need to do is raise taxes on like the wealthy people uh, in this city and raise taxes on businesses, the technology companies, take that money and invest it back into public education. And is this what teachers unions are saying? I I have heard some of AFT. I'm not going to say the entire union. I don't think they've made a statement about what they would want. They do realize that that money has to come from somewhere. Um, And I think the general consensus is it needs to come from the city. And we need to have something on the ballot in November that's not only free city, but something that would, you know, allocate more money to the school. Mm -hmm. 
there's there's different ways to balance the budget and I think we're just focusing on the easiest way and that would be you know cutting classes and cutting professors so I guess what's next is we're looking forward to this election in 2019 mm -hmm. when we vote on Free City College and not just vote on Free City College but what kind of Free City College we're gonna have yes exactly yeah I know students have been really personally affected by the class cuts and it's important to like find all of those issues that we've had with registration and the parking lot and like bring them together. And students should care because if we attack this issue head on, it starts with the board of trustees, it starts with the administration. If we attack this issue head on, in the future there will be less issues for students with registration, with parking, with everything at the school. Right. This is Nicholas Harder. Thanks for tuning in to KCSF News. We are hopefully going to be doing more of these collaborations with the Guardsmen in the future, so stay tuned. We're going to continue reporting on this issue at the Guardsmen. I mean, we report on basically every Board of Trustees meeting, and I'm sure more information will come out as time goes on. It'd be nice to have some cost-benefit analysis of, yes. of all parties involved. Right? Yes, definitely. <laughs> some like really you know, clear data would be so helpful. <laughs>